Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on Elizabeth Letardo. Elizabeth is a consultant, researcher, and co-author of Selling with Noble Purpose, How to Drive Revenue, and do work that makes you proud. As the VP of Services at Sales Leadership Consultancy, McLeod & More, Elizabeth leads sales transformation initiatives for clients like Oracle, Gia Ventures, and Pfizer. She is a popular LinkedIn learning author, and her work has been featured in the Wall Street Journal and on NPR. With an undergraduate degree in advertising from Boston University and a master's in organizational psychology, Elizabeth has enabled firms to drive employee engagement, competitive differentiation, and ultimately revenue. In today's conversation, Elizabeth and I talked about how to lead your business with a purpose so you can not only attract the best talents, because people out there are looking for more than a paycheck right now, but we also share how you can retain talent and make that talent more productive, especially if they have a sales component, when your business has purpose. So let's jump into the conversation and learn how having a purpose can make our businesses better. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. So I'm Elizabeth Letardo. I'm the Vice President of Services at McLeod & More, which is a consulting firm focused on helping organizations create purpose-driven cultures. I'm also the co-author of the newest book out of that firm, which is Selling with Noble Purpose. I have a background in organizational psychology, and for the last five, six, seven years now, I have been helping organizations harness the power of purpose to grow employee engagement, to grow their sales revenue, and to outperform their competitors. This whole thing of uh, the purpose-driven cultures and everything, I'm definitely really intrigued about that. We've had had some guests on the past that kind of talked about living with purpose in your small business, you know, that you're never too small to make a social impact. So I think some of those episodes we talked about that where people want to go back and listen to them, episodes four and then episodes 30 are great ones where we talked about purpose. But one of the things that really intrigued me about what you do is, is you mentioned um, making it so you don't just have this purpose statement, this thing that you want to do is actually making it a part of your culture and a part of your day to day. So tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So I'm sure all of us have seen organizations who have great purpose statements and then experience that organization 
very differently. For example, Enron, they had a great purpose statement. They had integrity as one of their values. It was etched in stone in their lobby. We all know how that panned out. So where I specialize is the difference between making purpose a statement and slapping it on a t-shirt or a tagline and making sure it really sits at the core of your commercial model. It isn't relegated to corporate social responsibility. It isn't relegated to HR. It certainly isn't a marketing initiative. It is the primary North Star of the business. It is what every employee can connect their own role to. It is the focal point of conversations with customers, and it is the essence of the impact your business is making on the world. And I absolutely agree with you. It is never too early to start that. I think a lot of particularly smaller business owners are intimidated by the notion of purpose because it has this finite feeling to it, like you either have it or you don't. But I would argue that a purpose is something that is more of an evolution. You work deeply to ingrain it in your culture, and that takes time. Right. Yeah. And that you're never too small to start. I feel like sometimes when we're a small business and we're growing our first teams, we're so focused on the process and getting things done that we forget about the bigger picture or we think it doesn't matter yet. The bigger picture will fall into place. But if you don't know what that bigger picture is, how is it ever going to fall into place? Right. And as a business owner, if you are a founder of your own firm or if you are early on in the firm that you're working for, you're probably really connected to that purpose in ways that you might not even recognize. But those newer employees don't have the same sight line. And it takes real work and intention to get them rowing in the same direction you are and having the same vision for the business that you do. So with that, you have this purpose And you want people to really engage with this purpose from the beginning. Now, I see two things here is one, getting people in that can actually engage with your purpose, care about your purpose. And two, once you get people into your business, they're so focused on how do I do my job so I prove my worth and I don't get fired at first, that purpose might not necessarily be the forefront of their mind. So are you able to talk about both of those, maybe one at a time? First off, how do we find people that are going to be capable of aligning with our purpose? That's a great question. And I'm sure you've seen it in your work. People are not always their most authentic self in their interviews. And they have a a history of telling business owners what they want to hear. But there's a single question you can ask in an interview that will help you gauge if someone is purpose-driven in their heart. And that's this. Tell me about a time you made a difference at work. Not a metric you hit, not a position you had, not a performance review you received, a difference you made to another person. And someone's ability to bring that to the fore of their mind and talk about it with fluidity will give you an indicator as to does this person simply show up and check boxes or are they deeply motivated to work for a purpose-driven company and do they carry that motivation with them when times get tough, especially relevant now? Right. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a great question. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned people not necessarily being their authentic self during the interview process. I was actually just having multiple conversations about that over the last two weeks is one was a candidate where I did the phone screen and then the person whose business they were going to be working for did the final interview. And we asked almost the same question, just slightly different about their future goals. And what the person told me was different than what the person told the actual hiring manager. Mm -hmm. And what the way we looked at it was when they were speaking to the hiring manager, saying that person was in a different position, that they gave an answer to made it seem like they wanted to 
grow up in their career to be like that person where when they were talking to me, they gave a different thing. And it's like, that's what some people do. It's like, they give you answers based off what they think you want to hear Mm -hmm. versus what's actually true to them. So I like that. I like that question. But then like the other person that I was speaking to, you know, we were talking about how do you make people comfortable enough in an interview in order to show you their true self and their true personality. And, you know, that situation, I was able to give them a few tips based on, okay, what it all depends on what type of business you're hiring for, what position it is, but there's things you can do to help pull out that true person during the interview process. Right. And asking about when they've made a difference does exactly that because you'll get a glimpse into what they think is important. So back Mm -hmm. to the the second half of your question, a lot of employees show up really eager to please and aren't asking for that purpose. But what I would suggest is that though they may not be vocal in their desire to have a a purpose-driven workplace or their desire to feel a level of fulfillment at work, that is an intrinsic human need for all of us that passes age, race, sex, country of origin, everything. Everyone wants to make a difference. We spend the vast majority of our time at work. It would be insane to think that that desire for fulfillment doesn't apply to inside of an office, or I guess in this case, through a Zoom call. So though employees may not be asking for that sense of purpose, a business leader or even a business owner has a duty to make it present because what the research has shown us is that when people do have that sense of purpose, They are more engaged in their work. They are more likely to stay with their current position. They are more likely to innovate. And they ultimately, as a business, are more likely to outperform financially those other folks in their industry who may be more transactional than they are. So I would say, while you may not be, you know, having people raising their hands saying, what's our purpose? The intrinsic desire is always there in every person. And the research backs you up in making purpose the core of your strategy. So with that being said, that the purpose is always there in every person, do you find that's 100% the same across every generation? Or do you feel like some generations are more purpose-driven than others? Good question. So I represent the millennial generation. I'll speak on behalf of all of us, I suppose. Every person wants to make a difference. Everyone wants to feel like their work is meaningful. Millennials are a little bit different in the sense that they will quit in the absence of that. So what we've seen is that intrinsic desire for fulfilling life is present through everyone. Older generations, particularly boomers, have been schooled that that does not apply to the workplace. And they found that fulfillment in their families. They found it in philanthropy. They found it in church, lots of other avenues. They want it at work, but they're willing to accept that it's not always present. Millennials, on the other hand, are less willing to accept that. And they are more upfront about their desire to work for a purpose-driven organization. So I think the benefit in terms of engagement, retention, ultimate performance applies to everyone, but immediately millennial retention is a problem for a lot of businesses and particularly Generation Z as they come up to this gets even more prevalent. The ability to put purpose at the core of the business will help win those employees once and they will help keep them there on a daily basis. 
Right. And I definitely agree with that. So I myself am a millennial as well. Okay, so we'll represent <laughs> our generation together. <laughs> yes. So I agree with that. When I was in corporate managing a lot of millennials and now a lot of people that I'm helping to hire, they're millennials running businesses or they're hiring a lot of millennials. So it's a lot of in there. So it's like, I can definitely see that purpose being important. And one of the other things is I am a mentor for students going through the MBA program at the University of Tampa. And this is my second semester doing it. And both semesters, when I ask them, because the people that I've had, they're, they're the people right out of their undergrad that are going into the MBA program. And so they haven't had full-time jobs yet. They don't have yeah. real world experience. So a lot of things we talk about throughout their time is, what do you want out of a job? And every one of them, it's tied back to something purposeful, something at the core of their, their beliefs. Like the one wanted, a, needed a company, wanted to work for a company that was going to be environmentally focused. She didn't care necessarily what industry they were in, but if they didn't care about the environment, she didn't want to work for them. And right. the other one, it was all caring about people and lifting up people and everything. You know, they, they were flexible of industries they'd work with and all these other things, but the purpose of a company was number one. And they said they wouldn't work long-term and possibly wouldn't even apply for a company that didn't have a purpose. And, you know, I think this current coronavirus situation is going to amplify that because what we're seeing is that people are reassessing how they spend their time. They're reassessing who they spend their time with. Much like if you go through a personal health crisis or a, a job loss, a death of a parent, whatever it may be, you tend to step back from your life and reevaluate it in a way you may not have previously. And while previously that was done on an individual circumstantial basis, what we're seeing now in the employment market is a mass reevaluation of the companies we work for. Who are they? What do they stand for? Why again am I checking my email at 3 a.m.? All of those questions are being brought to the surface in a way that they weren't before. So I think when we come out of this crisis, employee retention is going to be an employment problem for everyone. Yeah, I have told most multiple clients of mine that have been thinking about hiring that now is the perfect time because for the most part, in a lot of industries, obviously, there's still a lot of industries that are very disrupted right now, but a lot of industries have stabilized. So people are now not afraid to go and find something new, and they've realized if they like their job or not. They have realized, is this a place I want to be long term? And so there's a lot of good candidates on the market now looking for jobs that have jobs, but wouldn't have been looking for jobs six months ago or seven months ago. So it's, it's a good time to find people because people are leaving places because they realize it's not where they want to be long-term. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as we think about employee retention, I'm sure you hear it in your work too. It's all about like the foosball table and all these sweet perks and the nap pods that Google has and this ability to kind of add to the peripheries of work and make this experience. But when everyone went home and it was just them and their laptop, they got a crystal clear view on what about their actual work they liked and what was maybe an environmental perk. So I think as, as organizations are looking to hire, it is a more level playing field than it has ever been. And your ability to bring purpose to the core of your culture can be a differentiator and can compete if you're a small business with other larger organizations that maybe in the past relied on some of those more superficial perks. 
Right. Yeah. I love that. I love anything that puts small businesses in the forefront of hiring because sometimes you are at a disadvantage mostly because of benefits, but yeah. it's one of those things of like what, what actually matters versus what are those vanity benefits or things like that, that it's like, oh, that's really cool that you have this in the office, but I'm never going to use it. Especially if they're then working a job where if you think about Google or Facebook or any things like there that, that had these fancy offices, their staff was also working around the clock. So can you really enjoy a fancy office if you're working around the clock? Right. And I'm sure you've seen it too with unlimited vacation, which was like the hot new thing to do in like 2016, 2017 was to offer unlimited vacation. But what happened is no one ever took it because it was frowned upon culturally to remove yourself from the cadence of work. So I think as we go into a more level playing field where every job is you and your laptop and the only differentiator is the people you're interacting with on your screen, the ability for small businesses to win talent is tremendous in a way that they have not been able to in the past. Right. So any other tips for retaining talent? So you get this great talent and especially as a small business, you're finally winning in those talent searches. Besides having that purpose, what else can people do to retain the talent that they have? I'm sure you've seen this in your work. People work so hard to attract top talent. They work incredibly hard to win them over in an interview. They offer enormous benefits, great salaries. And then what I've seen is a lot of times that stops on week two of employment. And what I would say from a talent perspective is that you are re-recruiting that person every single day. And that's not to sound exhausting. It's just to bring awareness to the fact that people evaluate their jobs all the time. People are constantly getting calls from other recruiters and whether they take that call or not is often dependent upon the last, you know, month of interaction you had with your boss. So as we think about retaining employees for the long term, bringing that purpose up outside of the interview and connecting day-to-day tasks. For example, if you hire a staff accountant for your small business and your small business is focused on IT services, reminding that staff accountant that their ability to keep your business solvent, that their ability to communicate with customers about billing is what enables the relationship. It's what enables their customers' customers to thrive. So always bringing back the functional operations, always bringing back daily to-do lists, new initiatives, to that larger purpose and teasing out how it impacts someone else is what makes the job exciting and it's what wins that employee beyond an initial interview. Right. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I think one of the... can't remember if it's gone live yet or one of the podcast episodes that we that I've recently recorded we talked about this kind of like ripple effect of reminding people what what happens with their job like they might focus on like okay this one little part of a company but that it's this whole ripple effect of you have this little internal piece but it impacts this which impacts this which impacts this and it Absolutely. impacts the company as a whole like there's no really small player in the in the company that everybody's important otherwise the position wouldn't be there exactly and and i think it's easy to lose that sight line in the cadence of daily business yep yeah and tying back to with some of the things that you said earlier with the purpose and tying it into everything that they do one of the things that I always talk about, and that I'm sure people have listened to a bunch of these episodes, you've heard me mention this multiple times, is 
when you're giving direction and giving next steps, tying it back to a why it's important, why it needs to be done a certain way. And like I always say, I like to quote my seven-year-old that because I said so is, is not a reason. She likes to remind me that all the time and that there has to be a reason behind it. And when you're able to connect your, your why to your purpose. So we do things this way because integrity is number one. And when we don't do it this way, integrity falls. Helping people see that, helping people see that why the things that they do or why you're giving them correction that it needs to be done this way versus this way matters to your purpose, to your core is going to make such a big difference. Absolutely. And again, as a business owner, I know you work for yourself and I work for a very small company. It's easy to keep that in the front of your mind when you've been doing it for a long time. But for those new employees, they don't have that neural pathway yet. They're not connecting daily operations to the integrity you want to see in your business. They're not connecting their to-do list to the larger purpose or vision of the company. So your ability as a leader to build that neural pathway and especially early on in their employment journey, constantly be connecting enables them to to do the same for themselves when you're not there. And it keeps the culture really focused on what you had in mind for your business when you first started it. Right. And I love that because one of the biggest complaints I hear all the time is my employees don't care about the business like I do. And I have to remind them, I'm like, for you, your business is your baby. You've grown it from the ground up. For them, they're just an employee. They can grow to care about it, like yep. you do, but they're never going to on day one. On day one, until you make a difference, it is just a job. It is just a paycheck. You're the one who can make them a part of that business or have it continue just being a job and a paycheck until they go find another job and a paycheck. Right. And, and what we know about the research around purpose and when people do feel that sense of engagement is that that employee is going to innovate for you in the way that you wanted someone to innovate for your business. They are going to be loyal to you in the way you are loyal to your business. So fostering that spirit in your employees is the job of the leader. And of course, they don't care about it like you did on the day that they show up for their first day of work. That would be ridiculous. You started the business. You took a huge leap of faith. You've put in hours hours and hours and hours and hours into forming the type of business you want. And that employee has to get to know that story and understand why it matters beyond delivering value to you, the business owner. Right. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit more about the book and everything that you co-offered. I know for a lot of my clients, they don't have big, robust sales teams, but some yeah. of them are trying to find positions that are either going to be those first sales individuals in their business or positions that have a little bit of a sales overlap. So because they do, because they're client focused and interacting, that even if they're not the first seller or going to be the closer, that they're doing finding opportunities for cross sale or things like that. So tell me a little bit more about selling with a noble purpose and how this can apply within small businesses. So Selling with a Noble Purpose was born out of some research from our firm that was focused on identifying the difference between a good salesperson and a great salesperson. You, I, every business owner alive knows the difference between a bad salesperson and a good salesperson, right? Good salespeople right. ask questions. They show up on time. They actually communicate with their customers. But the difference between a good salesperson and a great salesperson is a little bit harder to pinpoint. So we were initially tasked by a biotech company to identify the behaviors that differentiated the top sales performers from that um, 
that good category. And what we found was that the salespeople who carried a sense of purpose in their heart, who had a clear sight line as to why their job was important beyond hitting a quota, beyond, you know, making president's club, beyond being the favorite of the boss, were the salespeople who outsold their competitors. And that sense of purpose rippled out in a million different ways. It rippled out in their body language. It rippled out in their way they asked customers questions. It rippled out in how thorough their pre-call planning was. And the crux of our firm is, is centered on the belief that you can teach people all of those things. You can teach people body language techniques. You can teach people pre-call planning techniques. You can set rigorous reporting standards for customer intelligence. Or you can just show them that their job really matters and those things come naturally. They don't fight an uphill battle. So we get a lot of interest from people who have a, a negative perception of sales. And that's especially true in small businesses. Sales is a dirty word. We don't want to come off like that used car salesman or like, look at my watches guy. We want to authentically connect with customers. And when you put making a difference at the core of the sales process, not only the core of the business, but specifically in the sales function, you enable your team and yourself to do exactly that. And sales becomes a little bit less of an awkward dance. Right. So when you say making a difference, is that the purpose of how the product or service is going to make a difference for the clients or how them focusing how the company as a whole can make a difference because they get this revenue? The first one. So, of course, corporate responsibility is important. I highly admire firms who take a portion of their profitability and invest it back in the community. I think that's important. What our work centers on is the direct impact from your product or service that you are selling. So if you are selling IT services to other businesses, what does that enable them to do? It enables them to free up their employees to work on innovating in other projects. It enables them to rest easy at night, knowing their website's not going to go down in the middle of the night. All of those things that are a ripple effect of your core offering, the center of your commercial business, are what the purpose of your sales team is to infuse. And when you start to articulate that, your sales team becomes more differentiated when they're with the customer because they're not talking about specs. They're talking about impact, especially at first. They also become more engaged themselves in the process because their job is no longer to pitch, 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 and get the product specs out there. It is to authentically connect and understand how your business could make a difference to your customers, to your prospects. I love that because, like I said, some of my clients are trying to find their first salespeople mm-hmm. or hiring new salespeople. And one of the things I hear all the time is, you know, we are not like these sleazy salespeople, you know, right. You know, so they want to distance themselves for as much as possible. So this would probably be a great resource for them to really focus on, okay, how do we bring that purpose out? How do we do things? So we're not good. We're great with sales and, and we're really making those better connections. Right. And how do we do it in a way that feels good to us? Business owners start their businesses for many, many reasons beyond making a paycheck. If you've ever started a business, you know, there are a thousand ways that are easier to make money than starting your own business. (laughs) You start your business with that noble intent, with the belief that you can make a difference to the customers that you serve and translating that out into a sales narrative and one that doesn't become sleazy or weird or overly granular is is a challenge, especially when you're early in hiring new salespeople. So I think 
making sure that your salespeople, whether they're exclusively salespeople, whether they have client services roles, whether you're doing the selling as a business owner, are selling from a place of purpose in your heart is foundational for long-term client relationships and foundational for preserving the brand that a business owner works so hard to build. Right. So with that, with building the sales teams that have this purpose, one of the things that I can think of is people is like, okay, but I immediately want my sales team to go out and sell because they need to be paid. I need to get that additional revenue for them to be paid. So any tips on speeding up that process, things that can work really well where you're getting enough of the core of the purpose out so they can go out and start building those, that network, start building those relationships as you're continuing to grow that purpose with that salesperson over time. Absolutely. So you mentioned articulating the ripple effect earlier. Mm -hmm. I think that is the foundation of starting that sales process because when you articulate the ripple effect, we'll go back to our IT services example. When you arm your salespeople with a narrative that says, we make it so you can rest easy at night knowing your business isn't going to crumble in your sleep. We make it possible for you to free up your internal IT staff to innovate on important projects because we'll handle the rest of that. When you start articulating that purpose-driven narrative of your big impact, you give your salespeople a much more compelling story to tell, which enables them to attract more leads. It enables them to get more introductory conversations. It also enables them to build urgency in those conversations because they're speaking to something that is bigger than a product or a service. They're speaking to the impact they could have on that prospect. And when the prospect starts to hear that, they are much more likely to act than if they are pitched on products that they might not fully understand. When they get too granular into spec sheets or something like that, they are much more receptive to how can your business make their life, their job, their company more successful. All right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. That is a lot of great information. And I cannot wait to get my hands on this book because I want to learn more about it to even help with my individual you know, sales techniques and everything. Because, you know, obviously, I have a great purpose behind my business of wanting to just help people get the right people. I am so people focused. And I feel like that would help a lot to make make some of those conversations and connections easier. So, How can people get in touch with you and your company if they're interested in learning more? So if you want to get in touch with me, you can follow me and message me on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Lotardo. And if you want to learn more about Selling with Noble Purpose, you can visit sellingwithnoblepurpose.com. We work with sales teams all over the world, virtually exclusively now, to bring this sense of purpose that is so often present in a business owner's heart to life in the cadence of daily sales. All right. Well, thank you. And I like to always finish with the same question. So we've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of one of the most impactful leaders or managers that you have had. And can you share with us what made them stand out as a great leader to you? Absolutely. One of my favorite leaders that I've ever worked for is the dean of my college when I was in university, Dean Ken Elmore. I worked in the dean of students office for two years. And what was so impactful in that experience to me was how clear his sight line was from daily operations. I answered phones. I hardly had a glamorous strategic job (laughs) to how that made a difference to the student experience. And his ability to connect that on a daily basis was so important to me and making sure that I felt fulfilled in my role. And it inspired me to work a lot harder and, and, you know, answer those calls with enthusiasm and deal with them in a way
way that I would be proud of. So I think a leader's ability to do that is instrumental in the success of their employees. And looking back now, I can really understand through my current research why I found that job so fulfilling. Thank you. And thank you, Elizabeth, for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Are you ready to build the team you need to grow your business and want to do it without it requiring all your time? Then I invite you to join the Growing Your Team membership. Let's face it. As a small business owner, you're running a million miles an hour in your business, doing all the tasks and most likely overwhelmed by all the work. You need help, but you're not quite sure where to even start. You know you need to hire support or even a whole team if you want to keep growing your business, but relying on Google for info on how to write job descriptions, find qualified candidates, delegate with ease, or manage your team successfully just isn't cutting it. Why can't you just figure this out on your own? Because hiring and managing a team is hard. They are big projects, big activities that require plans and accountability to happen well. However, Imagine what goals you could achieve, clients and customers you could serve, and the revenue growth that could happen with the right people surrounding you in your business. That is exactly why I created the Growing Your Team membership. It's an on-demand training membership and community designed to give you the knowledge and support to hire and manage your team successfully without doing it alone or having to hire an entire agency or recruiting team to do the work for you. If you are ready to build the best team ever in order to grow your business to even greater success, if you're ready to do this alongside other inspiring and motivated entrepreneurs, if you're ready to dig in and be supported every step of the way, then we're looking forward to seeing you inside. Head on over to growingyourteam.com slash membership to learn more. Come join us in the Growing Your Team membership. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com. To connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.